Well, good morning, Gresham Bible Church. Great to see everybody and young people today. It was exciting on Promotion Sunday to see everybody. Well done, students, on that video. By not looking at the camera, you were all like cool, calm, and collected. Uh, A few of you boys had some awesome biceps, triceps shots there that you were just kind of letting linger. Uh, That cracked me up. So well done. All right, uh, turn in Galatians. We're going to finish our series today through the awesome, powerful book of Galatians. We're going to be in verses 11 through 18 of chapter 6. And I think we can all agree by now we've seen that the way in to the Christian life is the gospel. And the way you move forward in the Christian life is the gospel. You don't move past the gospel. You don't graduate from the gospel on Promotion Sunday. You only go deeper and deeper into it. And our section of scripture today is only going to drive that point home even more. So please follow along with me now as I read aloud Galatians 6 verses 11 through 18. This is God's word. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh." But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus." The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Let's all agree together in prayer before we begin our time together today. Father, we praise your name. We praise you for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Comfort, strengthen, and encourage us today as your spirit uses your word to accomplish your purposes. Deepen our love for you. May you increase and may we decrease. Open your word to us this morning and open us to your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so as we close the book of Galatians, we're gonna focus on two movements in our text today in verses 11 through 18, and they're both centered around the idea of boasting. First is boast in the flesh, and the second movement we'll see is boast in the cross. So first, look at verse 11. Just look how our text starts out. What's it say? Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Basically, to boil it all down, here at the end again of the amazing book of Galatians, one of my favorite books in all of the Bible, probably true for many of you as well, Paul takes the pen from the scribe and he wants to write the end himself. He wants to drive the gospel stake in the ground And I don't know why, if it was purposeful, he had bad penmanship, or he was like the email you get that's an all bold, like, whoa, don't yell at me on the screen. He writes with really large letters here, verses 11 through 18. And we've seen throughout the book just how much, haven't we, how much Paul loved the gospel and how much he loved the Galatians. And so because of how much he cared about the gospel 
and how much he cared about them. He cared about not adding to the gospel or subtracting from the gospel. So he takes the pen and he writes in really large letters, and this fits the whole theme of Galatians, doesn't it? Remember, Paul's been like, he's been like a boxer, like an MMA gospel fighter saying, hey, I'll even fight an angel if it shows up preaching another gospel. So he takes the pen, he drives the point home here at the end of the book. And I don't think I would be doing a faithful job in closing Galatians, my brother Todd, if I didn't quote Martin Luther here at the end. So listen to this, what Martin Luther says about the theme of Galatians and just picture Paul grabbing the pen and writing in really large, bold letters. Luther says this to summarize the book of Galatians. The truth of the gospel is also the principal article of all Christian doctrine, wherein the knowledge of all godliness consists. Most necessary it is, therefore, to know this gospel well, to teach it to others, and to beat it into their heads continually. Doesn't that just sound like Paul here? He takes the pen, he's beating it into their heads one more time. So again, the, how Galatians closes, it shouldn't surprise us. It fits the theme and the message and even the posture and the tone that we've heard the whole time. So again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul closes the letter in really large letters, like visually, but he's also going to close it in really large letters spiritually by comparing and contrasting the false teachers who were adding on to the gospel versus the true gospel. So the, all of the close of Galatians, it's amazing. Like have the whole book in the back of your mind and just, just feel how he's closing the book. The close all centers around the idea of boasting. We see that at the end of verse 13 and primarily in verse 14. And the reason why we're going to explore this together briefly is because all of us, everyone in this room, me too, we all have to boast in something, don't we? We have to build our lives, our identity on something or someone. We look to something outside of ourselves, whether you believe it or not, you do. You look to something outside yourself to find your validation, your approval, your meaning, your identity. Something that gives you the confidence to face this life. That's what we're going to see together, the idea of boasting here in the end of Galatians. So Galatians just shows us the unvarnished truth. You're either going to boast in the flesh or you're going to boast in the cross. So look down at the Bible in front of you at verses 12 through 13. Paul just straight up calls out the false teachers and he even identifies their motive that we've kind of been wondering about and speculating on the whole book. Here at the end, he just calls out their motive. Listen in verses 12 through 13, what the false teachers are boasting in. Verse 12, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. So the false teachers were boasting in their own self-righteousness, and they were boasting in the self-righteousness of the Galatians. They'd been trying to convince the Galatians to add on to the gospel, and then that only is feeding their pride. They're using the self-righteousness of the Galatians 
to strengthen their own self-righteousness. So to really like get the point at the end here of Galatians, we have to make sure we're really clear on what it means to boast. I don't want you to have in your mind just the picture of some arrogant coworker or the person on your rival sports team that you dislike, because that person's so arrogant. All they do is boast. Okay, we want to make sure we're clear biblically what we mean by boast here. Again, what it means here is what you glory in, what you exalt in, what you have confidence in. That's what it means to boast. Really, it's what you're building your identity on is what Paul is driving home here. And then how that identity, how that boasting flows into the rest of your life. So really, if you were to like nerd out on this and do like a big word kind of idea study, really this term was used in the Old Testament and it's a military term. And then Paul's taking that and he's bringing it to bear to close the book of Galatians on the centrality of the gospel and the situation in Galatia. So like, for example, just real quick, in Psalms chapter 20, verse 7, it says this, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's the idea here. Boasting is what you're trusting in. Are you going to trust in those external things, even military might and strength? Are you going to trust in, are you going to boast in the Lord? And it's kind of the idea of like boasting is where like soldiers who would be on these chariots, right, before they would enter into battle, where they're getting their confidence to go fight, to enter into a war. So what's the comparison here in Galatians 6? Again, the comparison is between those who boast in the flesh versus those who boast in the cross. It's one or the other Paul is highlighting as he closes the book of Galatians. So do you see what God's word is saying? It's saying your identity is going to be built on something, either a created thing or the cross, either chariots or your good works and your own righteousness or the cross of Jesus Christ. So when you're boasting, when the foundation of your identity and your approval and your confidence is in the flesh that Paul's warning them against, don't boast in the flesh, but when, you're, you're, when you are boasting in the flesh, when like, like the, the foundation of your identity is more in your flesh, think about what happens. And I'm not just speculating here. This is what happened in Galatia. We have to reflect, reflect on it. So consider how this boasting in the flesh played out in the life of the Galatians. Those who boast in the flesh, they live for people's approval, don't they? That's what these false teachers were doing. They were living for the approval of others. That's what it meant and looked like to boast in the flesh. They were propping up their own identity with their own self-righteousness, and they were using the Galatians. That's what it says here. They wanted to boast in the circumcisions of the Galatians, boast in the Galatians adding on to the gospel because of their false teaching. And why did they do it? Paul calls out their motive. They're living for the approval of people, using the Galatians to fill the void, the vacuum, right? The approval vacuum in their heart with the approval of others. That's what it means to boast in the flesh. So think about that. Like play that out, maybe what this looked like in your life sometimes. 
if you boast in the flesh, where's your identity? Reverse engineer it. If you're boasting in the flesh, your identity is dependent on the flesh, whether your own flesh, right? What you do or don't do, or on the approval of other people. And if that's the case, if you're boasting in the flesh, that means your identity is fragile and circumstantial, isn't it? If it's all based on the approval of others and how that makes you feel about yourself, well, that's pretty dependent on how you're perceiving others receive you and what circumstances you're in. So again, I don't want you to feel like, wow, Mike's just kind of going off the rails here and speculating at the end of Galatians. It's right here in the text. This is what it shows us. If your life isn't centered on the gospel, you are boasting in the flesh, you're living for the approval of others, and that's only going to hurt yourself and you're going to use other people around you. It's exactly what happened here in Galatia. Boasting in the flesh, finding your identity in your own righteousness, in what you add onto the gospel, maybe even good things, if you're doing that, you're living for the approval of others, and how did that play out? right? Our text tells us. What did the false teachers do? Didn't they live to avoid suffering and persecution? That's what it says right there in the text. They wanted to avoid the persecution of the cross of Christ. So they used other people to protect their flesh because they didn't want to suffer. They didn't want to be persecuted. So they use other people. Really? The Galatians were like, human shields they were using in a hijacking situation because they didn't want to suffer. They didn't want to be persecuted. And just so we're clear on this, in this time and place in Galatia, most of the persecution, it wasn't Christians being wrapped in robes, you know, poured over with fuel and lit on fire to light the streets by Nero. They weren't quite being fed yet to the lions. That's coming though. The persecution here is by the Jewish people who, oh, these Christians are this weird sect that this Jesus guy's the Messiah and King, and then persecution would happen. So, again, just look at the end of verse 12, the motives right there on the pages of Scripture in front of you. The end of Galatians, it forces us, doesn't it, to reflect on our own boasting, to reflect on the motives of our own hearts and where we find our identity what we're boasting in. So just picture this with me real quick, okay? That's the them and then we like to say here at GBC. What does this look like in the us and now? What does boasting in the flesh look like today? We could talk about this for a long time, but I bet you'd agree with me. It at minimum looks like the vain glory and pride posted all over social media every day, doesn't it? Just wanting people's approval of using likes to fill the approval void in your heart. It looks like canceling people to prop up your own identity and your own self-righteousness. All that is, is boasting in the flesh. It looks like living for the approval of others as if that's a firm enough foundation to base your identity on, but it's not. And you know what, even more, I bet some of you could, could speak to this. I know I've experienced this in my life. When you're in that place of boasting in the flesh, like what does that actually feel like? What's that feel like in your inner life? I bet for a short period of time, it actually feels pretty good. You feel pretty confident, like you're better than others or you're more approved than other people, but that ends. It has an expiration date to it. 
And if you're boasting in the flesh what it eventually is going to feel like, whether that's tomorrow or next year at some point, it means your inner life is going to collapse. It's based on a house of cards, and it's really fragile, and it's based on the approval of other people in your circumstances. So what if your emotions are tied too closely, right, to other people's approval or things outside of you, the success and failure of what you build your identity on, it's going to play out in your inner life. That's how God has designed you. Whether that thing you're boasting in the flesh is even a good thing. Maybe it's your job, and it's a really cool job, and you've studied for years for this job, and it's a good job. But if you base your identity on that, if you boast in that, it will eventually fail you. If you boast in the flesh by boasting in your politics, you're going to experience the same thing. It's only going to come back to cut you like what has been talked about here in Galatians. Maybe you boast in your flesh by in your heart of hearts boasting in your family. And what a good, faithful spouse you are. And what a good Christian parent you are. Those are really awesome, good things. But boasting in that is only going to come back to hurt you. Because it's not the foundation that you're supposed to build your life on. Maybe, as we've seen everywhere in Galatians, maybe you even boast in the flesh by your religious performance right? By all the things you do for God or the things you don't do as if, I'm going to age myself, maybe you have a Christian letterman jacket and you've lettered in every Christian discipline and you're quite awesome. Well, that boasting is only going to fail you. That's actually boasting in the flesh and not boasting in the cross. So can we just like see Galatians is really upfront. I'm a pretty simple person. I just need things clear. Maybe that's why I love Galatians. It's crystal clear. Can we see why Paul just took the pen at the end and he wrote in such large letters, like you're going to boast in the flesh. Here's what this is going to look like, or you're going to boast in the cross. Boasting in the flesh means trusting at the end of the day in some form of self-salvation. That's what was happening here in Galatians. And that ultimately only destroys you and disappoints you. So we all know where this is going, right? What we're not to boast in the flesh, what are we to boast in? And that brings us to our second movement and focus, and that's in verse 14, boast in the cross. So just look down the Bible in front of you, look at verse 14, and just enjoy with me the reality and the beauty and the power of it. Verse 14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This beginning stanza or language at the start of verse 14, it's really, really strong. It's like, may it never be that I would boast in anything than the cross. It's like he's saying, may it never, never, ever, ever, never be that I boast except in the cross. To really understand again what this means and to feel the weight of it, we have to have the backdrop of where we've been already in Galatians in our mind. So remember just a chapter back in chapter five, verse 11, like I hope this is kind of like sparking in your brain right now, okay? In chapter five, verse 11, Paul said he was being persecuted because the cross was offensive. Well, now I'm supposed to boast in it? Like what's that all about, right? So in order to understand what the boasting is, just real quick, 
we have to be clear on the reality that the cross is offensive. And I think you'd agree with me if you have walked with Jesus for almost any length of time, you've seen that the cross is offensive, right? If you study church history, you will know the cross is offensive. In almost every culture and every place, the cross of Jesus Christ offends. And it's, a, it's offensive to us as people because of what it says about us, because it goes against how we want to be perceived and how we want to think about ourselves. The cross of Jesus Christ says that we are sinners who can't save ourselves, who are worthy of the wrath of God, and that by God pouring out his wrath on our sin, he's being righteous to do so. We as people find that offensive. Offensive to hear and just think about the cross, and it shows how sinful and how lost we are, and that offends us. Who likes someone coming up to you, up to you and be like, hey, can I tell you something? Yeah, sure. You're a sinner deserving of the wrath of God. Like that just offends you, right? Okay, so the cross is offensive. Tim Keller said this, the cross is hated because it's against all schemes of self-salvation and all schemes of pride. So the cross is offensive. And the cross is also offensive because of how the natural person finds the cross, right? And what's the cross? It's the doctrine of the substitutionary atonement. And we can find that offensive, can't we? For example, this guy named Bertrand Russell, by no means a Christ follower, an atheist, back in the 20s, right, he wrote this. He wrote this big essay in 1927 entitled, Why I Am Not a Christian. And doesn't this, this just sound like social media all the time? Why I'm not a Christian. Listen to what he says. No one who is profoundly human can really believe God would punish sin like that. And he called the cross the doctrine of cruelty. So the cross is offensive to us, often in some sort of way, because we find that cruel, right? And so I wonder, like, we just got to sit in this in Galatians. Have you ever felt the offensiveness of the cross? Or has the cross been a little too comfortable for you? And I ask that question because I'm guilty of this. It becomes too comfortable sometimes. Right? But what is the cross again? It's proof that we can't save ourselves no matter how good of a person you are. Even if the things you're adding on to the gospel are really good things, the cross shows you you are a sinner in need of God's grace. The cross really, it's proof that you are no better than anyone else outside of Christ. You're no better than people who don't vote like you. You're no better than the homeless person who's strung out and drug addicted. You are no better than them. And the cross is proof of that. The cross is proof, like really when you think about it, there's really no good people and bad people in the world. There's sinners in need of the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what Galatians should like get inside of us and rearrange how we see ourselves and how we live in the world around us. 
The cross also offends. Think about this, right? So the cross is really inclusive, like anyone can come to Christ. You're no better than anyone else. Yes and amen, right? So it's inclusive. Well, the cross is also exclusive. And especially in our cultural moment, people don't vibe with that, do they? The cross is exclusive. The cross is the only way to have your sins paid for, right? There is no other way to God but through the cross of Jesus Christ. Because if there is, why did Jesus come to die? We just sang about that a little bit ago. The only way to be made right with God is through the cross of Jesus Christ. So the cross is offensive because it's inclusive and exclusive. I heard this story told, and I just want to relay it to you. I think it captures it in kind of a really practical way. This guy named Martin Lloyd-Jones, if you don't know him, Google him, listen to his sermons, you'll be blessed. Martin Lloyd-Jones talked about how he would often ask someone, like maybe in a pastoral counseling situation, he would ask the person, are you a Christian? And if that person replied, yes, I'm trying really hard, the good doctor would know that person doesn't know Jesus Christ because they are trusting in their own efforts, they're adding on their own good works and defining that as what it means to be a Christian but you can't be a Christian through trying really hard and adding on to the gospel. The only way you're a Christian is through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the God-man coming to die for you on the cross and taking your place. That's the only way you're made right with God, substituting his life for your sin. And then you die to sin, confess and repent over and over in your life. That's like how this lives and how this applies in your life. So for the coin to drop, like we like to say, from your head to your heart, you have to feel the offensiveness of the cross, right? And if you haven't ever felt that, I would encourage you this week to talk to God about that. So for the coin to drop, first you feel the offensiveness, and then you move right into verse 14, and you actually boast in the cross of Jesus. So again, remember, What is boasting here? I want to say one thing and say it well. It's all about boasting. Boasting is this military term or idea that this is like what you boast in, what you rally the troops around before you go into battle. It's what you find your confidence in, what you find your glory in, what you exalt in, like what the core of your identity is, okay? So think about one of the best, Jordan, you can correct me later, Mr. Movie Guy, but to my opinion, one of the best movies of all time, Braveheart, right? William Wallace, one of the best speeches ever before like these farmer warriors march against this huge army and just get obliterated, right? You can probably hear it, the call for freedom. He got them all like pumped, right? They started to boast is what was happening. Or for those of you that are maybe movie fans, TV fans, and even better sports fans, Friday Night Lights, What does the coach do to rally his team in the locker room before a big game, right? Doesn't he say the boasting, think about boasting, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, and rah, and they run out onto the field. They're just boasting. They're boasting, right? Whatever the song they run out onto the field or not in the locker room, they're boasting in something, and then they go forward. So that's the kind of boasting here. You're either going to boast in the flesh or you're gonna boast in the cross because we have to boast in something. And what does God say to boast in? Jeremiah chapter nine, verses 23 through 24. 
Thus says the Lord, let, the, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boasts in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So let that frame the boasting here. And then real quick, maybe those of you that have been doing a Bible read-through and you're hearing Galatians 6 verse 14, like it sounds familiar to you, and it should, because this idea of connecting boasting to the cross is all over the New Testament. It's all over 1 and 2 Corinthians, Romans, Philippians, Ephesians. Two quick examples. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31 says this, So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And then Philippians chapter 3, the amazing chapter of Philippians 3, verse 3 says this, For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So in our text, we're called to boast in, to trust in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, to have our confidence in the cross, to glory in the cross, to base our identity on the cross of Jesus. So verse 14, like maybe you've been coming every week and hearing Galatians and how can you not enjoy it? But it could kind of feel like the the gospel in Galatians is like up on a shelf in your life. It's something like you affirm, yes, it's Christ alone. Don't add on to the gospel. But then how's that play in your life? And I would submit to you, verse 14 is the key between Galatians being like a field trip to you and actually it being like the cord that you plug into for the power to live your Christian life. So look at what boasting in the gospel does in the second half of verse 14. I want your takeaway to be what God's word says, not just what I say. Look at the second half of verse 14. By which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. By the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, the world has been crucified to you if you're a Christian and you Christian to the world. So what that means is not like all of the world has been killed by the cross, What it's saying is that the world was killed to you. Through the cross, the world has been crucified to you through the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. So like, just just think about that for a minute. Like, connect the dots on it. That means the world you inhabit right now is dead to you, and you're dead to the world and not like in a numbing, kind of like just checking out kind of way, but like in a freeing, the kind of life you're called to live as a Christian kind of way. Because if the world has been crucified to you, if it's dead to you, that means the world doesn't have any claim on you, right? So throughout Galatians, we've seen there's nothing in the world where we can find our righteousness or salvation outside of the gospel, right? So just, again, think about it. If there's nothing in the world that you're supposed to or to boast in for your righteousness, then there's nothing in the world that like controls you, right? You've, you're dead to it. It's been crucified to you because of Jesus, right? So that, that like has to land in your life. 
because we all have to boast in something. We're all prone, if we're being honest, to boast in ourselves and in other things rather than Christ, aren't we? And maybe even good things. Those things we look to, look to for our confidence and our approval, really for our identity. But those things have been crucified to you if you've trusted in Jesus. So you're free and empowered through the Spirit to have a sure foundation in your confidence and for your approval and for your identity. And what is that foundation? It's not your flesh. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, a foundation that will never, ever fail you. So instead of finding your confidence and identity in the approval of others, your confidence and identity comes from being accepted by God through the cross. So boasting in the cross, applying the cross, and all it means for your life, right, that frees you so you don't become like the false teachers in Galatians who live for other people's approval and who use people and who are tempted to add on to the gospel. It frees you to rest in, to bank your life on the gospel because of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of the cross. Can you just like feel Galatians? Like it's good medicine for our souls that reorient the GPSs of our soul that are always tempted to add on to the gospel, especially with good stuff. And Galatians just reorients us to the true north of the cross and the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then just think again about the contrast that we're seeing as he's closing the book of Galatians. The false teachers, what did they boast in again? We know this. They boasted in their flesh, didn't they? And because of that, what kind of lives did they live? They lived for people's approval, they used people, and they were afraid of persecution. Okay, think about that. Now compare and contrast to what Paul's saying. You're supposed to boast in the cross. How'd that play out? in the life of Paul, and how should it play out in the life of Christians? Look at verse 17. What does Paul say? He's like, you want proof of the life, what it looks like to boast in the cross of Christ? Verse 17 says, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Boasting in the cross gave Paul the courage and the love and the identity to suffer for the sake of the gospel because his approval and his confidence was in the cross, right? So then persecution, come what may, persecution's gonna come. That didn't get him off of boasting in the cross. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 promises us persecution. We shouldn't try to avoid it. It's part and parcel of the Christian life. 2 Timothy 2, 12 says, "'Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus,' will be persecuted. But Galatians shows us that's a temporary persecution that's only fitting us for heaven. Because what counts is the end of verse 15. How does verse 15 end? Right here in Galatians 6, right at the end of Galatians. What counts is the new creation, okay? We're getting to a close here, but just connect the dots. The bookends of Galatians. Chapter one, verse four is talking about Jesus. And it says, Jesus, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. 
And then here in verse 15, it says, you boast in the cross, circumcision, uncircumcision, all of it, it's nothing because of the new creation. Because of and through the cross, the new creation has dawned and the cross literally changes everything. So why do you try to add on to the gospel? Why are you boasting in the flesh? Boast in the cross. As we move towards a close, boasting in the cross, so these are like, like what it means for us, right? And praise God what it means for us. It means being made right with God. You have the hope of heaven. You can face persecution, but it also means like you have to focus on, there's a reason we have a cross up here every week, You have to focus on what kind of God would give himself to save rebels like us at the cost of his son. We rightly deserve the wrath of a holy God because of our sin. But if you've trusted in Christ, he gives you his life. He takes away your sin. You have life everlasting. You're made right with God. That's worth humbly boasting about, isn't it? So you boast in the cross because of the benefits you get from the cost, from the cross at great cross, cost to Jesus. And then you boast in it because it shows you how good God is and what kind of God that you worship. How can we not joyfully exalt and humbly boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ? And I just want to like put an exclamation on it because Galatians flows within the whole river of scripture. Like we are each to boast in the cross. We as a church are to boast in the cross. Ask yourself the question, what does heaven boast in? Heaven boasts in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter five, verse 12, the worshipers are all around the throne and they say with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. So we boast in the cross because heaven boasts in the cross. So you're either gonna boast in the flesh and play that out, Galatians has shown it to us, or you're gonna boast in the cross. And Galatians has shown us, why wouldn't we want that? And then how does it all close? How's it all wrap? Verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Brothers here can also be read as brothers and sisters. So how does Galatians end? With grace. With grace because of the gospel. What does Paul leave them with? With grace that the grace of Christ will be their portion and overflow in their lives because they boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. So again, Galatians ends how it started and everywhere in between. In the Christian life, you never move past the gospel. You never move past grace. You only plunge deeper and deeper into its depths because through the gospel, you boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you for the cross. We praise you that you are worthy of our praise. We praise you for your steadfast love and your faithfulness for not treating us as our sins deserve because of the cross. I pray, Lord, for each of us in this room that we will grow to boast in the cross more and more. Father, we confess and repent 
of wanting to boast in other things than the cross. Please renew us, Lord, with your gospel. Help us, Lord, to be a church family who humbly boasts in the cross and through that boasting that more and more people will come to saving faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.